I'm Harlan Landis. It's time to listen to adulting. Do the thing. On today's episode, Miranda Markwood and I talk motivating yourself to get stuff done. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to adulting.tv. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquit, as usual. Hi. Hi. So today we're talking about motivation. Motivate yourself. Is motivation a bigger problem for millennials than other generations? Do we think that that's the case? There was a survey that they've been doing. It's a longitudinal study that's been going on since 1978, and it's called Monitoring the Future. And every year, they survey high school seniors to see what their attitudes are, see what's going on, just see how they feel about things. And uh, so they, they survey every, them every spring. And one of the interesting things uh, for millennials, what they're seeing is this sort of generational shift. And it says millennials were more likely to report that making money was very important and that they expected to own more stuff than their parents had. They highly prioritized specific material goods and, and then here's where the discrepancy comes in that uh, says they also didn't anticipate work to be a central part of their lives. They're not willing to work overtime, and they found that their op- one of their obstacles to getting a job is that they don't want to work hard enough. So I thought that was interesting, and I've seen it actually with people I know that are even just seven or eight years younger than I am. Uh, I like to say, you know, they want to do the part-time work but <laughs> make full-time money. And so it's, it's kind of interesting kind of shift. And part of that too, I think maybe has to do a little bit with this generation is more about being online, more about following their dreams, more about, you know, this sort of entrepreneurial, solopreneurial lifestyle, business lifestyle kind of thing. This study doesn't compare generation to generation, does it? Or, or are- It does. It does. It started in 1978. So they've been doing this since 1978. This is a longitudinal study that looks at the looks at 12th graders every spring to see where their attitudes are and how their attitudes are changing. So this isn't just a case of you know, as every generation has had young people who don't understand what they need to do to get the things that they particularly want. Um, this isn't a case of that. This is actually showing that kids today. <laughs> yeah, there's a generational shift. Kids today. They, they want more for less. And they seem to have an idea that they deserve, they deserve a certain lifestyle. So this is, this, is the, this is what people think. You know, if you, if you ask older people what they think about millennials, this is, this is the overall impression that the world unfortunately right. has. Um, but it, it turns out that there's, there's evidence behind it, according yeah, to this Yeah, some, study. some level of <laughs> evidence behind it. <laughs> Another interesting thing here is that there's what seems to be a bigger focus on money and material goods um, and things. Um, But I I feel like everybody's sort of had, you know, that that, that tends to be, is is it a case of people growing up without more? 
And so they see these things as uh, you know, money and uh, vacation houses and things like that as something to aspire to. Is it, is it because they see more, more you know, the media highlights these, this type of lifestyle um, in such a way that it will um, encourage younger people to see this as, as a goal? I think there's a couple of things at work. I mean, part of it is that it's sort of a status thing. But I think another part of it is uh, we're talking about a generation who grew up with things being normal that two generations ago would be considered extreme luxuries. Two TVs in the house, two or three cars in the garage. These things are normal. And so you see it and this is what normal looks like. But I mean, there's been a progression towards this over, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about two TVs today. Like that's <laughs> right. a big deal. I mean, a generation ago, a generation and a half, two generations, it was one TV being a big deal, you know, or a color TV. I mean, there's always something. That's what I'm saying. The things that we have today, our grandparents would think were extreme luxuries, but we think they're normal. Well, of course. And the things that our grandparents had were things that their grandparents thought would be totally out of the question. I'm saying there's a bigger dif- there's a bigger difference between like what my p- grandparents had compared to their grandparents. That's that's not a huge jump. They had electricity and not even that great of electricity compared to 50 years like my like if you look at the difference between uh, 1900 and 1950. That is not as big a difference in lifestyle as what we have for now between 1950 and 2000. Leisure time, there's a huge difference in the type of lives we live. There, there's a complete difference between that jump. The jump in technology has been huge. The jump in what we consider, like leisure time has been huge. All of the things that have come have been huge. My grandparents, you know, their grandparents remember coming across the plains as pioneers, right? They remember riding in covered wagons. But you know what? Still, when my grandmother was growing up, She's, her dad still drove a school wagon. Cars weren't that, that uh, you know, her, her life growing up was not that much removed from the life that her grandmother lived growing up. My life growing up is huge, was hugely different than my grandmother's life growing up. The, the advance in technology in the last 50, 60 years has been so huge and it's been such a leap that and the, the expectations that we have and the kind of lives we live now, it's a way bigger gap between my grandparents and me than there was between my grandparents and their own grandparents. It's a much bigger lifestyle gap. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I, I agree 100%. I think that there are the huge advances, you know, between 1850 and, and 1920, say, that, uh, that we need to recognize and, you know, have certainly changed the way that someone was... Someone growing up between, you know, someone growing up in the 1850s would have a completely different, you know, would not understand someone who was growing up in the 1920s. But, you know, maybe maybe this is a discussion for another time. Just getting back to the expectations of what uh, expect, you know, the expectations that they have for, you know, the wealth that they that they aspire to, the material goods that they want. I, I think there are a lot of millennials that, you know, perhaps see this and, and understand that, you know, they don't need to uh, idolize uh, or just, you know, envy people who have uh, material wealth. And I think there are a lot of people who do a great job of going beyond this and looking towards bigger meanings in their life. But 
the the disconnect between what they want and what they're willing to um, work to do to get to that point that that seems to be where you know where we come in in terms of you know where everybody comes in in terms of well let's let's figure this out let's break this down if this is what you want then you know to be an adult these are these are the you you realize that there are certain things that you have to do to get to that point right and one of the things I think a lot of people. I think is we have this whole idea, oh, you've got to follow your bliss, you've got to follow your dream, do what you want to do. But we forget that while we're trying to follow our dream and doing what we want to do, along the way, there's lots of stuff you have to do that's just like real life living that you don't want to do. And that's not fun. And it's not fulfilling. And it's just really mundane. And I think a lot of the time we forget that those are things that we need to do as adults. Being an adult, as I explained to my son one day, what is, is not just about being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. Being an adult is about taking responsibility and sometimes doing stuff you don't want to do. The, the idea is that there's aspects to life that you know, are more than just you know, hanging out Watching TV, playing video games, um, going or traveling, to school, or, or, or traveling. <laughs> That's sure, a big I mean, one for the next generation, right? It's all about the travel. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great to travel when you're young. I think oh, it's yeah. perfect. The, the problem is that in order to do it well, you have to put work behind it so you can afford to do it, and you're not just you know ruining your future by going out and spending all the money you have or don't have to 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 travel. Right. So so yeah, I think a lot of it. It just goes back to that whole idea of taking responsibility and saying, okay, I'm responsible for these things and these things need to be done. Whether it's paying the bills, whether it's washing the dishes or doing the laundry or doing all of those mundane things we don't want to do. Sometimes it's about taking responsibility. How do you take responsibility? I mean, you know, I think we, we have the responsibility. We, we've taken it. We just haven't stopped ignoring it. I mean, we have the responsibilities. We know that these are the things we have to do. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm talking for myself as well. I mean, there are certain things that, um, you know, I need to continue to do and, and you need to continue to do as adults. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be hard to get to the point where you're doing what you need to be doing. I mean, taking responsibility is one thing. I mean, okay, I have this responsibility, but what do you do with that responsibility? Right, yeah. And one of the things that I saw that was interesting recently was uh, Psychology Today had an article about some of the things that hold us back from doing what we should. So we may know that we're supposed to do these things, but it's really hard to make yourself do it, whether it's like, I know I need to exercise, but my gosh, do I have to? And how do you make yourself do these things? And psychology today, and so there are a few things that hold you back. Uh, you might be afraid to screw it up. Uh, another thing is you just don't feel like it. And then uh, there are things that are hard and we feel that it's challenging and they're hard to do. And it takes some learning or an extra skill or a little extra practice. That's, you know, my son with the saxophone. He just wants to magically play the saxophone and be cool. But you kind of have to practice and it's hard. And then finally, uh, sometimes we just things are things are boring or unpleasant. That's that's laundry for me. It's boring and unpleasant. It needs to be done. So what I'm hearing here is these these particular things that are holding people back from maybe moving moving forward with with taking with with act, acting on the responsibility right. that we all have to do you know just life things that we need to take care of. Uh, these these are all just plainly excuses. I mean, there's no reason that any of these things should keep us from doing what we need to do in order to be successful or just or just get by in life. 
I right. mean, being afraid to screw something up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all they're they're all understandable excuses, but they're all things that are that are relatively easy to get over. Um, you know, when you're afraid to, you know, create a mess for someone else, uh, something that someone else is going to have to clean up because you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, you take the time and you figure it out and you learn how to do things. You, you practice or, or, you know, well, what are you thinking in terms of an example of someone that, you know, is afraid to screw something up? Cause there are a couple of things. There's the mundane things that we have to do, like pay the bills, do the laundry and, and go to work. But there are also things that require a little more risk, like if you want to start your own business or if you want to, um, you know, lose, lose the weight or, or, or whatever, these kinds of things, you're afraid you're going to do it wrong or you're afraid you're going to fail. Okay. So it's a fear of failing. Yeah. So part of that screwing it up is also fear of failure. Uh, we don't like to fail. We have this idea that we have to be perfect all the time and we hate admitting mistakes. And we talked about this back when we talked about uh, apologies. We, we don't want to fail. We don't want to take those risks. It's, it's hard. And I think also that plays into this is that we see people um, and, you know, our main interaction may be social media today and people don't share their mistakes as readily as they share all of their successes. I mean, just lately there was a story about this uh, woman on uh, who had a very popular account on uh, Instagram um, and she finally broke down and admitted that the whole thing was a lie and she, she posed for everything and dressed everything up to make it look perfect, which is really the story of, of, of what people do on social media. And so, you know, that translates to people who see this, they, they, they believe that there's this world of perfection that they've got to, um, that they've got to show. And, uh, you know, part of the problem is that we live so much of our lives on social media, but, uh, the other part of the problem is that we we just, you know, we, we don't want the world to see that we're we're vulnerable or we're not perfect. And this is something we just absolutely have to get over right now. And just, you know, the only way to be successful at anything is to just give it a try and, you know, just forget about the idea of what people think of you or what people will say or if you disappoint someone because you fail. And, you know, that's that's mostly in your head. You're not disappointing anybody if you start a business and, and fail. Yes, I mean, I, I it, it, people who are successful with their businesses are people who try and try and try. Um, and, you know, their, their screw-ups just end up in the past and everything keeps going until it works out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really this, this grit that people have uh, who are successful that, that allows them to get through the, the fear of failing and the fear of screwing it up. And then when they do inevitably screw something up, they just get over it and move forward and learn from whatever happens and uh, just, you know, continue doing what they know is right in order to, in order to you know, reach whatever goal they, particularly, they, they, they have for whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, I think that you make a good point, though, about the whole um, getting over it and moving forward. I think that's one of the issues that a lot of people have is that uh, it is hard sometimes to get over it and move forward because we get stuck in the past. And we get hung up on this this failure rather than being able to let go. So I think that's part of it, too, is being able to let go of what may have happened before and and kind of just say, well, this is where I'm at now and let's let's move forward from here. Let's stop looking back. When when you say that people don't take the actions they need to take because they just don't feel like it, I mean that's that's a huge excuse right there. I mean sometimes you don't feel like doing what you need to do. I just, who cares if you don't feel like it? You know, if it's something that you need to do, you need to do it. I mean, you're not going to feel like doing it later. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you do when there's something that you know you need to do, but you don't feel like it? Um, <laughs> depends on what it is. If it's something that really needs to be done, like the bill needs to be paid or I've run out of laundry, a lot of the time I just grip my teeth, suck it up and do the thing. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's that self-control. Sometimes it's exerting self-control in your life and just say, you know what, this needs to be done. So I'm going to just go do it. And yeah, there are all these other things that I could be doing or that I would rather be doing. But when your issue is you don't feel like it or it's boring or unpleasant, the body, that's the biggest excuse. And it's one that we use a lot. Um, and going back to our grandparents, I mean, and, and even my parents, I mean, they did all sorts of, they grew up with the idea that there was unpleasantness that had to be got through in life and you did the stuff and you just did the thing. And, uh, that's how I was raised by my parents who were like, well, sometimes life sucks and you have to do the thing anyway. And that's kind of what I'm trying to impress upon my son that sometimes you just have to do it. And when you don't feel like it, there's really no magic pill that's going to make you feel like it. Like you said, you're not going to feel like doing it later. You're, you're just not. So sometimes it's just a matter of just sucking it up and doing it. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you suck it up? Other than, I mean, do you have to, uh, you know, psych yourself up? Do you have to give yourself a little pep talk? Does any of that help? Or uh, one thing that I think we can think about is maybe thinking about you know, the, the results and really right. picturing in your mind what the result is going to be. Um, you know, whether you're doing something that's going to have a positive effect, effect on your life or whether you're doing something because not doing this would have a negative effect on your life. You're either trying to attract something positive or you're trying to repel something negative. I mean, those, right. those are the two motivating factors. So, you know, focusing on on the results that you want and you know so are there there certain things that we can do to focus on these results right so sometimes sometimes it's about like you said focusing on the results looking at what's going to happen so sometimes it's about something really really practical like uh do i want to wear dirty underwear or should i just go do the laundry and (laughs) and and you know when you get to that point that's just what you do you go through the laundry but sometimes it's more about you know well i don't feel like paying my bills i don't want to open the bills i don't want to face my bills but if i don't pay the bills i could lose my services my internet could be i was talking to a friend this morning as we were getting ready to record a different show and he was like my credit card expired uh, that's on my auto pay and i woke up and didn't have internet So, so that's, and this is, this is a man who has his stuff together, (laughs) but he hadn't been paying attention to the fact that his credit card expired and he woke up and didn't have internet. And so you have to think about that. Well, if I don't get my bills paid, I'm not going to have my services that I need. If I don't go to work and do this job that I hate, I'm not going to have money for food. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes. And, you know, I've, I've experienced some point in my life where the consequences were much worse than that. I mean, right. I, I avoided um, speeding tickets uh, when I was much younger. And, um, you know, I just I knew they were coming in. I knew I had to pay them. I knew I didn't have the money to pay them. And I just wouldn't open the notices that I got. And uh, there's actual pain. I mean, physical pain 
that is caused by stress when you know a situation is completely out of your control. This situation, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I allowed myself to be controlled by my surroundings by not making decisions to make things better for myself. It, it caused me to, to break down and, you know, I was you know, basically incapable of, of taking care of, of what I needed to take care of. A lot of people don't don't really see these consequences or truly understand what they are. And for me, those consequences were losing my apartment, losing my car, losing my job, losing, you know, I lost a lot of stuff kind of at the same time. And uh, it was really rock bottom. And, you know, a lot of people cannot understand the consequences, um, you know, the negative consequences that might happen from not making adult decisions because they haven't gotten to this point where it physically hurts the the idea is to avoid having to get to that point where the only way you can be motivated is to truly feel this pain i hope that you know we can start encouraging people to make choices and take control of their lives and their decisions on a you know not just the big things but the small things you know every small decision you make is is as important as a big decision because um, it all leads up together into creating the life that you want um, yeah. but you know to be able to do all of this without having to experience the rock bottom the pain the the disappointment and the emotional draining that you'll feel as just having your life completely break down around you. We don't want that to happen. So instead of getting to the point where your life breaks down around you, it's it's so important to start actively making decisions and get your life on a path that's going to avoid that completely. Right. So what was, I mean, once you reached that point of rock bottom, was there something that motivated you to turn things around? Because I mean, now you're in a kind of different place. You're not at rock bottom anymore. So what kind of motivated you to turn around? Was it that rock bottom experience? Yeah. I mean, it was moving back with, with my, my father who was himself just, he had just moved in with his girlfriend. Um, uh, they, it's a long-term relationship now, but they had just they had just gotten together uh, not soon before I found myself in a position where I needed to rely on someone else to, to provide some shelter for me while I tried to get some money and get my life in gear. And that experience, you know, was really eye opening for me in terms of what I needed to do in order to get my life together and, and start taking responsibility for the for instead of instead, instead of looking at life as something that was happening to me. Um, I realized that I needed to go out and make some active choices about the direction of my life and the specific things I was doing to move in that direction in order for me to just not be a victim of my surroundings. And, and this whole victim role, this is huge. I mean, a lot of people will play this and they'll say, well, you know, it's out of my power. This is something that, you know, because of my upbringing or because of uh, the system or because of, uh, you know, the situation around me, the people around me. I mean, yes, I mean, everything in your environment and including your upbringing plays into how you make decisions today. but. You know, everybody has a chance to start, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, even if you, you are in such a horrible living condition, you have no idea 
you know, what you can do to get out of it. There are always things you can do every day to make your life a little bit better, um, regardless of, you know, whether you're living in poverty, if you're in a third world country, if you, you, you may have no idea of the possibilities in the world around you. You may, com- may be completely sheltered, but you can still make decisions that are in your best interest and in the best interest of your, you know, your society and everything else uh, to, to move your life forward. And that's a good point. I really like what you talk about uh, when you talk about life happening to you versus, you know, making your own life happen and being like a real player in your own life. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that I kind of, I spent a, I spent a few weeks after my husband asked for divorce and I was having to start thinking about what I was going to do. There were a couple of weeks where I sat there and went, you know, why is this happening to me? And there's nothing I can do about any of this. And then I kind of was, I started every morning bawling my eyes out. But one morning I woke up and uh, bawling my eyes out again and went, well, do I want to keep bawling my eyes out every morning? Or like you said, am I going to be an active player in my life? You know, no, I cannot control the fact that my husband doesn't want to be married to me anymore. And I can't control the fact that I will have to be responsible for my son by myself pretty much. But there are some things I can control and making those decisions to move forward, not fun. And a lot of the stuff I've had to do since then, not fun and not my first choice, but there are things that I felt, you know, well, this is the decision that needs to be made and let's just move forward with it. No matter, even if it is a little unpleasant. I really like what you said about not being able to control the people around you. Uh, that that's so true. Uh, we can never. I mean, we can encourage people to to you know take steps that will will help them. But you know, just like you know, the audience, I can't control what the audience is doing here. I can't actually force someone to make you know good decisions. Right. Um, but but yeah, you can control yourself, and that's all you can do. You can control how you can control your actions. You can control your decisions, and you can control how you react to what goes on around you. And, and that's so important. You, you can't control what other people do, but you can control how you react to, to something. You know, say someone makes a decision to, to hurt you or to do something that, uh, that you don't agree with. Um, you know, you can, you can certainly uh, rea- react in a positive way to this, and you can react in a negative way. And right. choosing to react in a positive way always uh, ends up being better for you in the long run. Right, exactly. What, what are some specific like tactics for, for self-motivation? Um, you know, I think what we've, we, we've talked a little bit about picturing the outcome in terms of what's, you know, what, what you're trying to bring into your life or what you're trying to you know, keep away from your life. But, you know, when it comes down to finally getting around to opening the bills that you're scared of paying because you don't have any money, uh, how, do you, how do you do it? Uh, what, what do you do? I mean, other than just, you know, saying, OK, suck it up and do it. What is going to be the, the one thing that, you know, that, that people can use and, you know, pull into their mind and actually make the decision to start getting, you know, started in the direction of something that has a potential to hurt them? So what I think it really comes down to is saying, okay, uh, this is scary, and uh, but this is a starting point. And I think it comes down to is just telling yourself, this is my starting point. I won't be here forever, but I need to know where I am so that I know what the next step is in my journey. 
sadly, with motivation, there's really no laundry list of magical solutions. But I think one of the things is getting in the mindset of saying, this is the starting point. I don't have to be here forever. This is where I'm starting right here. And now I'm going to look at what I need to do to take one more step forward. You don't have to solve it. And that's the other thing. Say, this is what I'm starting and I don't have to solve this tomorrow. And, and, and just starting from that mindset of I'm going to start here, I'm going to take one step and then the next step and make a plan to keep moving forward. And, and part of that is too is planning. They've done studies that show that just having a plan can help you get motivated to take the next step because you know what's coming next. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, writing down a plan really puts into focus what it is that you want. People struggle with self-motivation sometimes, and we rely on motivation to come from the outside a little bit. We we rely on you know we rely on parents telling us what to do. We rely on teachers telling us what to do. We rely on people telling us what to do. Uh, we rely on podcasts telling us what to do. I think you know, and I think. What we need to do is, um, you know, it's really, that's external motivation. We need a little internal self-motivation sometimes because when, as an adult, there are going to be situations where nobody's telling you what to do and you have to take action for yourself based on, you know, what's going on in your life. There's a few ways that you can really address this and get to the point where self-motivation becomes uh, internal and, and you're able to self-motivate a little bit better um, instead of relying on other people. And part of that is just weaning yourself off of relying on other people. I think one way to do that is uh, talk to somebody, first of all, to communicate let them know what you're trying to do and ask for help on the accountability side of things. Um, you know, just one partner to, that you can check in with and maybe you can do something for them, you know, um, as uh, recipro- you know, re- reciprocate a little bit. Keep each other accountable for one aspect of something that you want to improve in your life or just do. From there, um, instead of relying on an authority figure to give you the direction that you need. You're relying on someone who's more of a partner. And that is a big step, you know, that is a big, big difference between an authority figure and uh, a peer uh, helping you along um, and you help each other. And from there, it's the jump to this internal motivation is a whole lot easier. And so once, once you get used to, you know, accountability partners, you can become your own accountability partner. You can track your progress. You can, you can write down in a journal every day what you've done in a specific aspect of your life. You can write down the bills that you paid. You can track your money in, in Quicken or, or personal capital or some other piece of software that'll help you do this. You can do it with a pen and paper, really. You can, as long as it's, giving yourself the accountability that um, your partner, you know, you get used to a partner having that accountability between yourself and a partner, and then you become your own partner in, in accountability. And it's so much easier than just making the jump from someone telling you what to do with your life and, and you know, the, the end goal of, of making these decisions for yourself and, and seeing clearly what you need to be doing. Definitely. So what are some of the things that we can do now then to start moving forward with that? I I really like your idea of finding an accountability partner. So I think that's definitely a first step for something to do now. So what are some of the other things that, that you can do now to start moving forward and learning motivation? Well, I think earlier we talked about the, the reasons or, 
you know, I look at them as excuses, you might be putting something off. You know, it's it's always been really important to me to reflect on myself and, anal- you know, self uh, analyzation um, doesn't hurt. I mean, it's something if you actually are honestly looking at yourself and, and looking for ways to improve your life and you can identify the fact that you're making excuses for yourself, write down those excuses, do something visually. If you're a visual type of person, you know, put them on a wall and throw darts at it or, or cross it off on a sheet of paper, you know, just eliminate the idea that you're going to keep making these excuses for not for not doing what you need to do to get what you want out of life. Yeah, I think that's definitely something. And then along with the accountability you talked about, I think another good thing to do is think of a way to reward yourself after you've done something unpleasant but necessary. Uh, not a big thing. We don't want to go broke rewarding ourselves for doing things. We should be doing anything anyway. But if I've you know sucked it up and motivated myself and cleaned the house, I'll be like, I'm done cleaning the house. I... I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to have a nice cup of hot chocolate and read a, a trashy novel. <laughs> and it's just a simple reward, something that I can look forward to while I'm cleaning the house. Kind of find a way to reward yourself so that you have this thing to look forward to at the end. Rewarding yourself is definitely a way to keep you motivated to move forward. And, and finding little ways to, to do that is great. Just don't fall into the trap of expecting to be rewarded from the outside for things that you need to be doing anyway. That's um, true. You know, don't don't come to someone and say, "Listen, you know, I got to work on time today. Aren't you proud of me?" Uh, no, that's what you need to be doing. <laughs> your reward is your salary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, the baseline. You ha- you have these expectations, and those expectations are the baseline. Um, you don't get rewarded for doing the baseline. You get rewarded for for going beyond what you need to be doing. Um, you don't get rewarded for paying your bills. I'm sorry. The only reward you get is the avoidance of the problem of having your services cut when you don't pay the bills. That's your reward. That's not a great reward. No one's going to come to you and give you a first prize ribbon for saying, you did it, you did everything that was expected to, of you and no more. Right. And I think that that's an important distinction to make when you're deciding what level of motivation and what items you need to suck it up and do uh, is, is looking at, well, what's the baseline? And like you said, sometimes the reward is just the fact that you don't get your internet shut off. And that's, that's the reward that you could look forward to is that you can continue streaming your favorite shows because you paid your internet bill. Okay, I think uh, we have one question now from a listener uh, that we reached out to, and the question is this, do we have any ways to trick ourselves into getting something unpleasant done? We've talked about methods, uh, we've talked about tricks a little bit in terms of just getting to the point where we know that something there's something that we have to do. Is there, is there anything else, you know, are there, is there a certain way to fool yourself into doing <laughs> things that are unpleasant? So it depends on the thing that it's unpleasant, but sometimes I trick myself by combining something I don't want to do with something that I, that I enjoy. So a lot of the time, uh, I'll sort of trick myself into doing household chores like the laundry or even paying bills or whatever by uh, picking my favorite musical playlist. And then I can kind of sing along while I'm getting this other stuff done. Yes, I sing along while I'm paying my bills and figuring out my spending plan for the next month. I turn up my music and I sing along while I'm doing it because it's something I don't enjoy doing, but I love listening to my music. I love being able to sing along 
And so that's sort of, sort of something I do, whether I'm doing uh, all of those mundane things. And then also another thing I used to do is it was really hard for me to exercise. So I would listen to my favorite podcasts or go watch TV while I was, I'd go to the workout facility in my apartment building and I'd get on the treadmill and watch TV or listen to a podcast. So I combined something I enjoyed doing with something that I disliked doing so that I could uh, keep working. That doesn't always work because sometimes you need to devote time and energy, but for some of these mundane adult type tasks, uh, combining these things together is a good way to trick yourself into getting it done while you're still enjoying yourself to some degree. One of the things that I have done to trick myself into getting something unpleasant done is role playing, you know, acting, you know, if, if I were the type of person who liked to pay my bills, what would I be doing? (laughs) And then I just go through the motions and as if I'm just acting out and of course I'm, you know, paying attention and doing it properly. But, but the idea is to put yourself into the mind of someone who actually enjoys doing things. And maybe paying bills is a bad example. This, this really helped me um, and still does on a daily basis because it's always a daily decision. I, I started, I think we talked about this in, a, in, in earlier in another episode, I started getting uh, meal deliveries, um, uh, you know, ingredient deliveries uh, and recipes uh, from Blue Apron. I put the meals together myself. So basically almost every day I cook now. Cooking is something that I never really liked to do in the past. I certainly enjoyed a little bit more now that I feel like the the chore part of preparing a meal, which for me is the shopping and the planning, is all taken care of. Now I can just focus on um, what I thought would be a chore, and that's the preparation of the meal itself. But still, even though I know this every day, it's always a question, well, I have to make dinner for myself. Do I want to actually put in the effort? <laughs> so I, I give myself this idea that, you know, cooking is something I enjoy doing. And I get started, and I forget that it's something that I not that I don't particularly think I enjoy. But as I'm doing this, as if I enjoy it, guess what? I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's just how it works. So you know, I've 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 managed to trick myself into not only believing that this meal preparation thing is something that I enjoy. I I don't just believe it. It's it's actually true. And somehow I tricked myself into that position of of enjoying cooking. Nice. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to try that next time I'm stuck doing something I don't want to do. Yeah, I mean it's the same technique I use when you know uh, I have to uh, go somewhere and give a presentation. I mean, uh, you know, there's I, I do enjoy presenting things and talking to people, um, but I don't enjoy the preparation part of things. I realize that. If I'm just going to go on stage and start talking cold uh, without any preparation, I'm probably going to not be very successful. So I just put myself in this position where I think that, you know, I'm going to enjoy this as much as I enjoy the other end of it, the result. And I start doing what I need to be doing as if it's something that I enjoy doing. And it turns out that it all works out in the end and I get stuff done that way. So uh, that's it for today on motivation and doing the thing. So go out there and do the thing and do the thing in such a way that we don't have to tell you every time to go do the thing. Um, We will be back next week. We'll have another show for you. So thanks for joining us. Be sure to check us out on adulting.tv. 
Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.